0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 110 of the JV Club. This is of course the Boys of Summer series. I am so happy to uh, be including my dear, dear friend and Sketchfest partner, uh, an improv partner, Cole Stratton. It's probably no surprise to any of you that uh, I had him do the podcast. He has his own wonderful podcast called Pop My Culture that I have done several times and of course the marvelous and beautiful and hilarious Vanessa Ragland is the co-host of that podcast and she uh, has done a JV club episode um, it's one of my favorites I still remember her miss piggy shirt very fondly uh, so excited to uh, welcome you in for this episode also wanted to throw some shout outs into the mix of course I so wanted to thank uh, on Twitter just a couple of twi- uh just a couple of Twitters that really doesn't that's super clunky just a couple of Tweet tweets twi- Twitterers tweeters, uh, brave and de- braving and defaulting and Duffman, I want to thank you guys. Um, hopefully, everybody else who's been tweeting, I've just been responding to you on Twitter. But uh, and then on the Facebook page, uh, Christian Jordan and Hannah, of course, on the Nerdist page. I wanted to thank uh, Abby and Bronwyn who have since contributed to Steve Agee's uh, page and then also PJ Jake, Amy, Alec, Jake, Paul, and Sharon. I feel like I might be behind in some email letters that I've gotten from you guys, but uh, I'll get some replies out to you and some shout outs to you guys as well. Next time, if I sound like I'm groggy, it's because I just woke up and I'm recording this intro because I'm just so excited to get my day going, uh, JV Club style. Oh, I also wanted to mention that um, I got... Uh I finally got the samples of the JV Club t-shirts. Um, so I have looked at them. I think there are going to be a couple of tweaks that need to be made um with a design size. So hang in there for those of you who bought t-shirts for the uh Art of Elysium fundraiser, and also, of course, those of you who've been asking about t-shirts for two years. Uh, we really are around the corner from having them. So that's very exciting. And then uh again, for any of you who bought things um, as part of the live episode with Busy, the fundraiser. Please uh, check in with me if you haven't received or heard about certain things. I gave you the t-shirt update. There are a couple of you who have bought multiple things with t-shirts, so I'm holding all of your stuff to ship all at once. Um, And, uh, yeah, I think that's it for now. Um, Convention-wise, the next thing that I have 100% confirmed is Orlando. uh, That's Night Recon. I will be there June 7th and 8th. And... um, all right, guys, listen, without further ado, I want to get on in to Cole's episode. I hope you like it, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Now entering nerdist.com. Yes, yes, yes. We are recording. I repeat, we are recording. I repeat everything. I say everything (laughs) twice on the podcast. I say everything twice on the podcast. Is that okay with you? Is that okay with you? It's a good policy. Thanks. I can see you're going to fit in just fine. All right. All right. All right. All right. I said twice. God, I'm so furious already. (laughs) This is this was a mistake. Um, No, this is this is. I was just saying before we started recording. I'm excited to. Be able to like you know have you on because it really is like when you when one of your very best friends in the world has a podcast and they have you on and you you're you're like thanks that's so fun you can't do mine <laughs> it feels so feels kind of rotten so um it's lovely to to be able to have an excuse and a reason to have you
1: thanks it's good to be on I, I look excited I'm excited to read the comment boards that are like worst guest ever. <laughs>
0: i like that you set a goal for yourself thanks thank you i'm real into prizes for worst for the worst thank you um what else do you think that you're going to be the worst on in today of Ugh. all things today that could go possibly wrong that you could be the worst at
1: oh gosh i wish i knew i mean i, I set my bar so low anyways yeah that i'm just not sure which wor- part of the basement i'll be scraping by in sure. today <laughs> Sure, yeah it could be it could be rough
0: did you have a basement growing up? Because I, I, I did. Because that—that's that, not a thing. That it's like, not a thing on yeah, the West Coast. But you're, really? I know you were from, but Michigan. from the
1: Midwest, yeah, yeah. People have basements there because the thing you have in the Midwest is space.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't follow.
1: <laughs> out here, it's like everything. There's so many people, and it's also, you know, there's just not, it's expensive, and yeah, you know, and they didn't really build basements here. But oh,
0: is it like a, a weather thing too? Like, is it yeah, sort of like?
1: I think yeah. I mean, I. I know that that's where you would go, like when there's a tornado warning or whatever. It's like, get in your basement, and hang out.
0: Did you, is that, are you spe- speaking of your experience in Michigan
1: or like just what happens in Oklahoma and stuff? Oh, well, definitely, like in, like, there wasn't, like, a lot of tornadoes or things like that, or hurricanes, whatever. It could be tornadoes, tornadoes. Um, but- Give
0: me a number. Like, 50 a year? Just <laughs>
1: <laughs> 50 a weekend. Okay. Uh, so but, not like, a lot. But, like, you would occasionally hear, like, the siren thing outside, or you would turn on your TV, and there would be, like, at the bottom, there would be, like, tornado warning or whatever, like, like kind of like a CNN ticker, like, yeah. what you get on everything now. So when that happens, we would just go down to the basement and hang out down Did there. Did it
0: ever feel that real? And was there a part of you that kind of was like, I mean, if one swept through, I mean, it's
1: Right, well, it's so yeah, part of you is thinking, this like... is my one chance to get to Oz.
0: <laughs> so stupid.
1: <laughs> so come on. A
0: boy can hope.
1: Twister, take A me away. A boy wave. can hope. I want to hang with TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> and the patchwork girl. You know, she's cool. Wow, well, um, you
0: really went like obscure Oz <laughs> books references. I did read all those. Just straight up munchkins.
1: Yeah, I did read all those <laughs> growing uh, up, so. I
0: did, too. I did, too, but I really don't. Like, I devour them, and I super don't remember them. I remember probably just, like, the things that were also in the Return to Oz movie, which right. is a very weird movie. It's a very
1: weird yet amazing movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember, like, there's different authors of the books. There's L. Frank Baum, but there's also Ruth Plumlee Thompson wrote a bunch. And I'm not sure who else, but those are the two I remember. But I didn't read them in order at all because oh. I wasn't that interested in like starting with the Oz thing. I knew, you know, like right. I knew the Wizard's backstory. I knew what happened with Dorothy and all that. I was like, I don't care about that. Ooh, TikTok of Oz, cool. Oh, yeah. Patchwork Girl of Oz or whatever. So I kind Who's of
0: Patchwork Girl again.
1: Just girls made of patches. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember gotcha. a lot about her. I but gotcha. uh, but yeah, those are the things that I would grow like. There's Cowardly Lion of Oz was another thing too. But like you would get more of the. You know, backstories of the characters that you only knew on the surface from the other did, stuff.
0: Did they ever do more because there were so many books, did they ever do like was there ever a series or anything that really kind of unlocked like a bunch of those characters? Was it just like not, not interesting really. enough to be too expensive?
1: Not that I'm aware of. I mean I'm sure there's something so like out there. Like a ca- cartoon yeah, series you would think, of Oz. But, um but not so much th- that I'm aware of. I mean you had Return to Oz was a movie that just like failed on so many levels, like commercially because right. it was way too so scary for dark. kids though. I liked it I when I was too. a kid. Like I liked that it was scary.
0: Yeah. I liked it. I, and I felt the same way about the whiz. Like I thought the whiz was so much scarier and more strange and the sort of like psychedelia of both of those movies right. were like captivating.
1: Right. But yeah, people, I think because they're so used to the Judy Garland, you know, Oz thing, they the
0: were,
1: yeah, they weren't, yeah expecting one where like oh uh this woman keeps heads tons of heads yeah um and just the wheelers were scary as shit too like those out of the gate were like these are frightening
0: yeah the wheelers are scary the wheelers are as was were as scary to me as the like weird like subway sequence in the whiz where like the just, like, random um, inanimate objects start sort of, like, coming to life and attacking you. Right. Um, but, yeah, but it was, like, the right amount of, like, oh, this is, oh, I can be this scared in a movie, but kind of, like, still be okay. Right. Opposed to, like, me seeing Poltergeist way too early, which I also did.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess there's a certain age where, like, Return to Oz is good if you're, like, eight or above. Like yeah. Like, if you were... F- five or six he'd probably be like nope scarred for life no thank you scarred for life Please check me out of this
0: so so yeah so that's i guess that's what i'm kind of because i as a as a little kid I was like more used to like lightning striking everything all around in Arizona cuz that's sort of like the normal kind of monsoon season thing but I was so fascinated by like tornado country and I kind of still am like it, I can't really wrap my head around it in a weird way I'm I I kind of can't believe that's a thing I can't believe yeah, tornadoes weird, are a thing
1: especially since like what cracks me up is because we live in california is that people will be like aren't you afraid of the earthquakes and i'll be like let me rattle off all the shit you have to deal with on a daily basis like yeah. a lot you know yeah we don't have seasons out here <laughs> <laughs> um, it's you know and occasionally the room sways for 20 seconds and you go oh wow hey that was an earthquake yeah most of the time i don't feel them yeah um the only reason i know is because everybody goes to social media and is like oh that just happened right and then tries to make a joke as quickly as possible about <laughs> right. it right um but, yeah, but living, like, you know, in the Midwest or whatever, like, there was... You the get really cold. Like, there's snowstorms that were scary. Like, blackouts at those times where it got really cold. And you had to, like, literally build a fire in a fireplace if you had one. Or I remember there was one where it was, like, a weekend where there's no power. And I was, like, I don't know, seven or eight or whatever. And, like, all the hotels... Like, it was, like, a two-hour radius around us. We're all blacked out. So, you had to drive to these places. But all the hotels were booked up or drove their rates way up because they're jerks. Um, so I remember just being like, it's like, you know, below zero in our house, and we're just having to like oh, yeah, bundle yeah. up and that kind of thing. So. Was
0: that why your parents were like, you know what, we've had enough of this?
1: So <laughs> we moved to Beverly. Um, <laughs> they Actually, my mom got a job at Mich- – she used work at Michigan State, and she got a similar job that paid like double in California. So that's why it was like, let's go. It's a
0: no-brainer. And right? I
1: was so against it.
0: Oh yeah, Cause I was, and how old were you?
1: I was nine, so I was like in fourth grade, and um, I, you know, I'd formed my social groups a little bit and was kind of happy where I was, and so I really tried to sabotage it, even though it's just weird because I was like, I if, if I had stayed in Michigan, God, who knows? Yeah, um, I had to be eating a lot more White Castle, uh-huh. not here. <laughs> but I remember like trying to sabotage it. Like we were selling one of our cars, and like I mean, I was pretty smart for a kid. So I was just make up stuff like like the guy would come over like to check it out and be like, "Oh, it's a great car when it's not leaking oil." <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that, as if I'm not He's trying to sabotage stinker. it, but I was totally yeah. trying to sabotage it. Oh, so. that's
0: so easy for me to picture. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I was that's not. Really funny. I was
1: not happy with. But then, of course, I came to California and I was like, "What? What is this?" Yeah. So, yeah.
0: how long do, of an adjustment do you feel? I mean, it's hard to look back and really know but like did you do you feel like you did adjust right away or was there sort of like a weird lonely year in between or was it it was a
1: fairly quick adjustment because it was like like fifth grade or whatever like was what i started and we moved there for the summer and you know it was like an okay year whatever but then like sixth grade was like the i was was like the year of my most popularity in life Uh so It was like I went from zero to hero because
0: uh-huh. we
1: had a band in sixth grade <laughs> that <That's laughs> so amazing. played the talent show. We did a cover of Kenny Loggins's "Playing with the Boys." <laughs> And, uh, he did. yeah, and it was like, we had a pre-recorded track, except like no vocals on it. And I sang and then, uh, this guy, John played some rhythm guitar pretty badly. Uh-huh. And then Adam, this, our drummer played drums to it. So we're, we're playing along to the pre-recorded track or whatever without vocals, but you know, whatever. We were in sixth grade. Right. And then like. It was a sixth grade band. So, <laughs>
0: That's so, kind of a big deal. So you know, it's uh, three album
1: deal with B and G So then we started playing like lunch times on the quad every once in a while.
0: Amazing. And,
1: uh, and it, but then it was again like that was the time where you could buy singles that on one side was like the normal version and the second half the other side was instrumental half the time. Yeah. So we would just try to find those so we yeah, did that was a thing it was a thing that was like
0: around the same time as those things cropped up in the malls which i don't know how much i've talked about on the podcast but oh yeah the things cropped up in the malls where you could go sing like karaoke basically and have your own cassette single that was you singing like one song on one side and one song on the other there's no way you didn't do that yeah
1: well we did it i did it with uh, a bunch of my friends that were in a play together and i remember we did that's what friends are for
0: oh my god Me too. Yeah. Nice. I have that. I totally have that one with uh, with like the guy that was my boyfriend in sixth grade or something.
1: My favorite thing I still remember is my friend Nate. Like, because you get one take. It's not like you go in there. It's not like a studio producer comes (laughs) and goes. Boys, that was great. We were in there for
0: twelve hours, (laughs) but I think we got it. I think
1: we got it, guys. Yeah. Uh, I remember he did one of these things where he initially went low and then decided to go high. Uh So like he literally goes, "That's what friends are for." (laughs)
0: And you probably, if you're like me, I listened to that over and over and over because it was so novel that like you could hear yourself singing to a song that you love. So right. I had like time after time. Nice. I definitely remember I had time after time. For sure did um, Belinda Carlyle's Mad About You with like did, a girlfriend did you of mine. sing it with lots of vibrato? Uh, I can't remember. Mad about you. <laughs> all quivery? Not all Aaron Neville style? That. No um (laughs) and then i also did uh that song uh always um you know that song and we both know that our love will grow you know that song no
1: no i probably
0: you're like the sun (laughs) chasing all of the rain away
1: i wish i did
0: it's so stupid it might be by Atlantic Star. Okay, it was just I remember like that band. some duet yeah. song. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, this is a guy and girl duet song. But like, you and I would have been in there like every day together. Yeah, totally. Like, out we really would
1: have connected on the singing together in the mall. Yeah, that stuff was fun. But I remember the, the things we could find to do on the quad with the band were like Ghostbusters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Never
1: Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley uh, So I was Rick rolling in 6th grade You were Rick um, <laughs> Faith lunchtime. by George Michael Which is lyrically completely inappropriate For yeah, a 6th really, grader to be singing It really is How are you 6th grade class? Well I guess it would be nice if I could touch your body Hey how's everybody? <laughs> uh, and we did Old Time Rock and Roll by Bob Seger
0: Yeah that's a good one too It's a
1: pretty tight 4 hits. or 5 song set We did a very long lunch break
0: Yeah uh, did you and so that's when you were like big man on campus? Well, it was
1: weird because then we ran for student council and my drummer got elected president and I got elected vice president. So like the band running
0: I mean, you basically like it's possible that Bill Clinton was aware of you and was like, I really ought to follow on their footsteps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah,
1: that was like, but then it was, we did, it was like a four, five, six in middle school and then, you know, seven, eight, nine in junior high. Right. So, like, that was sixth grade. So you're like kings of the school and in the band and in the student council. So it was like, this is the best it's ever going to get. And then junior high happened. And I kind of had that choice of like what social clique do you want to be in because the popular kids were okay with me. like They liked me and stuff. But most of my really good friends were kind of a, the nerdier set. And I was like, I just like them so much better. So I stuck with them for the most part. But I was always okay in the popular circle. So they, it was nice. I was never like picked on or ostracized or whatever. It's was like, oh, that kid's cool, I guess. Yeah. So it was kind of a nice transition in a sense. But I just didn't like a lot of the shallowness that was happening in the popular cliques. So. Yeah,
0: I, I feel like I had a similar experience as well. It was like, I never was right there, but by the time I was in junior high, yeah, like by the time I was in junior high, I knew I wasn't like Miss Popularity, but I also felt like they nobody was going to give me too much guff. Except for the boys were just so mean in junior high. They were just like, yeah. I think it was like uncomfortable because, with having crushes on girls. Exactly. Mean, but But, But it translated to, like, abject cruelty. Like, it translated to, like, you're ugly. (laughs) Like, (laughs) mean. Just, like, just straight out mean. Like, nothing clever about it. Just... Very, very mean.
1: Yeah, I never understood that. I was never, like, if I liked a girl, I was, like, nice to her. Like, I would be, like, here's a mixtape yeah. or whatever. I wouldn't be, like... <laughs> you
0: smell you terrible and you're it... a
1: horrible human being.
0: I think he probably has a crush on you. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: I don't know. And this is in this is in Davis, right? It was yeah. straight to Davis yeah. from, from
1: Michigan. From, and where in Michigan was it? Uh, Okemos, which is near East Lansing. Okay.
0: Um, and Davis was, like, a good kind of decent size but not overwhelming city size sort of like a small It's community. like 60,000
1: or whatever it's weird though it's like a weird mashup of a college town because that's where UC Davis is but also lots of hippies but then also lots of yuppies It was just a weird combination of people. So you would – and like the whole thing while I was there was they did not want to grow as a city. They they had zoning laws. Like certain stores could only – you couldn't be over certain things. There wasn't department stores. If you wanted to go like buy underwear, say, (laughs) you had to drive 10 minutes to Woodland to go to the mall there to go to Target or whatever. Like that stuff didn't exist in Davis. It does now finally – Because they kind of expanded towards South Davis and like got bigger. I think it's bigger than 60,000 now. I'm not positive, but, Mm -hmm. um, and then they added those kinds of elements to it. But for the longest time, they didn't. And there would always be these like people rallying against the growth. Like they would write letters into the Davis Enterprise where I worked as a newsroom clerk for like a couple of years after school in high school. And I'd have to type them up. That's one of my jobs is to type of letters to the editor. And it was always like, we don't need blah, blah, blah. And it's like, really? You don't. One, you don't want the business. You don't want the extra jobs. You don't want to boost your, you stimulate your economy here. But also, you like driving to Woodland. Like, yeah. it wasn't like there was like a, you know, a small underwear merchant who, you know.
0: Right. You can yeah, go I and guess buy that is that. tricky. Because if it feels like, because you sort of understand, I mean, I definitely understand the impetus behind trying to keep the Walmarts and such out. Because right. you have they have a reputation for, you know, kind of, Not being great employers, but also, yeah, like, changing the scope of what a small town or, like, a small community gets to look like and running out small businesses and stuff. But it's also – it's a little bit of a tricky situation.
1: Yeah. We also had a a nutcase mayor named Julie Partansky who was, like, this weird hippie woman who – I used to intern at, like, this uh, public television station for a little while. And she came on one of the shows there. And one of the things she did was she made Question Mark Creatures – so they were like creatures in the shape of question marks that she made like out of wood and other things, but they're like little snakes or whatever, uh-huh. just in that case. And somehow we elected her mayor and she literally had, I can't like say a hundred percent how true this is, but I had heard that she wanted to make a city council building out of straw or something weird, <laughs> like just bizarre. But one of the things she did do in the Daily Show chronicled this, so which never is good. Yeah. Um, she built a frog crossing tunnel underneath this overpass because that's where the migratory patterns I of the, like I the frogs this. were. And so it was this big thing where they built this tunnel for the frogs to be able to go through. They've set up time-lapse cameras and stuff. They've never seen a frog go through <laughs> this frog crossing tunnel. Yeah. But you know, that was important to spend our textbook pay her dollars on was yeah. making a, a tunnel for these frogs to go through this overpass or whatever.
0: Bless her heart. Like
1: that's the kind of thing that she was working on.
0: Bless her heart. God already just the stuff that you were doing when you were in high school is so much more ambitious than anything that I was doing in high school. Like how did you come to know so early that you wanted to, you know, work at the, at the newspaper or that you were interested in television stuff? Is that something that came to you pretty early on?
1: Yeah, well, my mom always installed, like, a big work ethic in us growing up. Um, So, like, I had a paper route early. Like, I've had a job since I was, like, eight or whatever. And so it was always something to do. I did a lot of community theater, less so, like, at my high school, but more so, like, in the community itself. At Davis Musical Theater Company, they had a young people's program. And then also, you know, when I got older, too. Um, So I was constantly doing that after school, which is kind of why I didn't do sports anymore because I couldn't do both. Um, but then I interned at the newspaper for like four years and it was paid too, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was earning a paycheck from that and then, you know, the community television thing, like to learn the camera stuff. Cause I was always fascinating with movies and things And I knew I wanted to do something in that arena. Yeah. Um, and then I got jobs at video stores, like right when I got into college and stuff. So it's just always been constant. Um, and you know, it was always important to my mom that I get my degree and stuff, which I did at, at SF state and that kind of thing. But, um, It was more so for me, it was just like, just trying to get experiences and doing different things and kind of getting a leg up on the competition, so to speak, because... I just think
0: that's so great. I just don't feel like... I feel like I kind of... I mean, obviously, I knew what my interests were to a degree when I was in school, but I just... Like, it didn't occur to me, like, to connect the dots in that way, to go, well, this is a thing that I actually really enjoy. Maybe I could get a job and earn a little extra money and get some experience, like, understanding it better. I just don't feel like I was thinking like that. I was just, I guess I just was more lazy.
1: (laughs) I mean, there was a time where I thought I was going to be a journalist, but what it came down to is I don't like beat reporting. Like, I don't like going and being like, your house burned down. How do you feel? Yeah. Like, I just don't like that. I was more like, I'd like to write reviews of things. I'd like Mm -hmm. to do that kind of stuff. And actually, we did this thing um, on the back of the Sunday newspaper every other week called Youth Beat, which is this one page that was all like kind of youth-oriented stuff. And I would do a profile on like a young person in the community that was doing something interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Half the time it was like, hey, my friend from jazz choir, you do this thing because it's easy. <laughs> right. But then we would get people like, here's a gymnast who's doing whatever. Here's a kid who volunteers to read to old people. Here's whatever, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I would review movies. So, I you know, I would do like a star system or whatever and, you know, <laughs> review these movies. So the page was, was largely coordinated by me. Uh-huh. And... Um, and I was, you know, I was good at writing. I've always been a pretty good writer. And I was good about writing about movies and stuff. And someone even wrote a letter to the editor and saying, like, I enjoy the reviews of Derek Bang, who was like the normal like reviewer, and your youth reporter, who I feel gives a nice, level-headed critique of films. Oh, I was like, hey, great. there's that. So I really thought I was going to do that. And this is back, of course, when print was a thing and wasn't dying. And um, so I really thought I was going to do that for a while. And then I just didn't – I just realized – there's one thing about you got to put in your time, so to speak, and I just didn't want to put in the time doing the part of it that I hated. Yeah. So I kind of just moved more towards doing, you know, film related things that I sort of wanted to do too. Yeah. So that got do you
0: remember um, some of the reviews that you wrote? Like oh, what God. My wrote? mom
1: kept these, some of these pages. I have them mm-hmm. in scrapbook at home. But, and, I, and I've gone back and like read them and stuff. And I was like, eh, it's not bad. You know, there's certain things that like yeah. I like that I was like. I'm
0: trying to remember what movies were out that like I especially loved when we were teens. And the only thing that immediately came to mind was L.A. Story. <laughs> I remember that coming out when we were in high school, but.
1: I mean, I didn't love everything. Like, I was pretty honest. Like, I was like, striking distance, two stars. <laughs> Bruce Willis and Sarah <laughs> Jessica striking Parker don't have great distance. chemistry here or whatever. Like, yeah. Um, so, I definitely didn't love everything, but there's things I love. There's like Wayne's World, four stars. Like, you know, yeah. things that I just absolutely adored that I was not afraid to, but I just not afraid to like rip on something if yeah. I hated it. Cause there was this, I've said this on my podcast once or twice, but there's this, Uh, there was a paper on at school where they had like, it was done like by people that shouldn't be doing this for mm-hmm. the most part, but one person would review movies or a couple people would, and one of these one of these girls wrote a review of Reality Bites, which said she, she said it starred Ethan Hawk and Winona, Not Winona Ryder, but Winona. I was like, Oh, there's a Judd in it? Great. <laughs> and then she gave it four thumbs up and that made me crazy. I was like, You can't have a four thumb system. <laughs> You can have a two-thumb system. Right. You can say, like, I give it two thumbs up and two fingers yeah. or whatever. You can't give yeah. it four thumbs. You're, you can't borrow thumbs. You can give it as many stars as you want. <laughs> you can have hats. I don't care. But yeah. you, you literally can only give two thumbs to anything. Right. It's just like they decided to combine the Siskel and Ebert and star system and uh-huh. make it a multiple-thumb system.
0: Uh stickler.
1: But that was the stickler. kind of thing that made me crazy. And like yeah. that made me like, well, shouldn't there be a certain standard that we're setting for these kinds of things? Right. And I, I shouldn't be knocking that because, you know, they were trying to write stuff and do something for paper that's great. But I just remember it infuriated <laughs> me so much at the time. Ah,
0: that's so funny. Yeah. Did you? And so you were doing theater in, in high school and outside of high school. Yeah. And you also were working at the newspaper. And I know that you're good at sports, but you kind of had to give them up by then to do... All yeah, I would have just play coming?
1: like you know with my friends or whatever. But yeah, once I got into junior high, it was kind of like continue playing little league and basketball and stuff, or you know do theater, which you tend to love more and are better at. Like I was good at sports, but I'm also tiny. Like I was really tiny back then. It took me a long time to growth spurt. So like um, in basketball, like of course I was point guard. I was tiny, um, and then as the pitching got faster in little league, I had a hard time keeping up with it because I was not strong yet. Um, not to say that I'm strong now, but not strong enough then. So now I play like softball every Sunday and stuff. And, you know, I bowl a lot and do whatever. Like I, I'm, I'm, I like to think I'm deceptively athletic. Like people don't think that I would be good at things and then I do it. And I was like, Oh, he's actually pretty good at that. So, um, so yeah, I kind of gave that up. And my two best friends growing up were both like over six feet tall so they were huge and I was tiny. So when we would play basketball, I learned how to do a fadeaway jump shot over them because otherwise they would just block it. So I had this weird timing where I'd have to like kind of do a fadeaway, which gives me time to like then push it over them and give me separation. So I can hit those like there's no tomorrow. But if you just give me an open shot, I'm probably going to miss it. Yeah. But if you put a hand in my face and make me <laughs> you do a fadeaway. You actually make it
0: much harder for yeah, you. Than make you it harder
1: career. on me, I'm going to hit the shot. Yeah, that's, that's funny. That's just weird to me. But Yeah. So yeah, I started doing theater like, I did it all through junior high and stuff and started doing Davis Musical Theater Company. And also, there's this thing called Acme Theater, which one of the drama teachers at Davis High did, but not at Davis High. It was kind of an offshoot thing. And and his uh, ch- children's version was called The Awkward Stage. So, I did that, like, in fifth grade.
0: That's a really good That's, that's a, a good great name. Thing. Yeah. And we
1: did The Phantom Tollbooth, and I was Milo. And um, I just kind of was hooked from there. And then always did it. And then I did some Sacramento Theater Company, which is, like, professional theater, like, the pay you and stuff. I did a couple shows there. Which is weird because it was just like I did Good Person Szechuan, which is this Brecht play. And there was like, like the director had this really high concept thing of like we're homeless people. Mm-hmm. Putting on this play, I feel
0: like that's if you're going to do Brecht, you're probably also a director that's going to be like, I've got an
1: idea to crack this wide open, right? And we were like in downtown Sacramento, which is surrounded by homeless people. It's like a very big homeless population there. At least there was back yeah. when I was doing this. And so the idea was, were these homeless people putting it on? So before the show, we'd be hanging out in the courtyard in front of the theater as if we were homeless people, mm-hmm. like, and they made me like a punk.
0: That's that is high concept. So
1: I, there's photos of me like this. I had like half. Of my head was shaved the rest was like sprayed up green like that washed wow. out yeah. and then i wore like <laughs> like a chain around my neck and like a and i rode a bmx bike and i had like a cut-off jean jacket like tank toppy kind of thing it sounds and
0: like you would have fit into the lost boys movie
1: exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what i looked like um i took star around on my bike. so <laughs> you
0: became a vampire am yeah. I, oh, am pretty, I much, pretty okay.
1: much and then like we would smoke these cigarettes in the show that were like these raspberry menthol-filtered, like, disgusting things, which is why I never became a smoker. It's so, like, these are awful. Yeah. Um, but we did, like, 44 shows of it. And it's this three-hour show. And when we weren't <sighs> in the scenes directly, they wanted us to kind of hang out on the stage, for the most uh-huh. part, like, sit against the back wall. And we had, like, alter egos. So... <laughs> My uh, In
0: what way did you have an alt? So we what had to that
1: choose a name for our homeless. We had our role in the show. Mine was okay. boy. And then uh, we had to choose a name of the homeless person we were portraying. So you we were supposed to be playing this homeless person who was then playing this part in the gotcha, show. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. So my character's name was Christian Ritter. <laughs> the reason it was that was because I was a huge Christian Slater fan. And I also liked John Ritter. So I put them yeah, together. Yeah. Christian Ritter. Sure. That was, so there's this Polaroid of me. That they of everybody there backstage and so it says shows like Christian Ritter on it, which I think my mom still has in a scrapbook. Oh God, that's so great. Uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Christian
0: Ritter, it's so perfect.
1: And one time one of the <sighs> one of the guys in the show, uh, was this big trucker-looking dude, was like before the show, he would lay on a bench with his trucker cap down and just look like he was taking a nap or whatever. And this priest came to the show and saw him up front and was like, you know, bless you, son. And like gave him like $20 or something. He's like, oh, crap. What do I do? I'm in character. Huh. I can't be like, look, I'm an actor, dude. Right. <laughs> F off, Priestie. So he didn't do that. <laughs> so he took the money and then they they were sitting like in the first or second row or whatever and then he's doing the show and he could just like look over and see the priest and he's just got this foul scowl on his face <laughs> <laughs> and then afterwards he hung to them down he's like i couldn't i was in yeah. character i'm sorry man here you go but thank you so much the gesture is great or whatever and it was fine but it yeah was just, he was like oh no what do i do
0: actually that man was later killed by locusts it yep. was
1: uh very unexpected for some people but uh, he saw it coming <laughs> And funny side note, another show I did at, at uh, Sacramento Theater Company was Christmas Carol, which they did every year. It was a musical. And when I was like 14, I did it. And I was Peter Cratchit and um, young Ebenezer's friend, Bob something. And uh, I didn't realize this till years later, but Scott Ackerman was in that. Production oh, really? With me. Yeah,
0: that's so funny. He was a couple
1: of years older, and he he did that right before he moved down to LA because Maleva Barbula was in our show, and then she moved to LA and had him come down, and she introduced him to like Marilyn Rice Cub and Karen Kilgariff and stuff, wow. and that's how he got started on the Mystery Show path or whatever. Yeah. But neither one of us, even though we hung out during that show, because I was like the oldest of the kids, and he was like one of the youngest of the adults. Yeah. So he introduced me to the music Music and Matthew Sweet, who I'm a huge fan of, still like he went and bought me a single of Girlfriend Uh at the time, but it totally just didn't occur to me that was the same Scott Ackerman who I'd known through our festival and that kind of stuff too, and who I'd known for years and had talked to so many times, yeah. Until I went to New York to visit, and one of the kids who was also on that show was living in New York now, who I hadn't seen in like 20 years or whatever. So we met up to go to drinks, and I was literally scrolling through Twitter. And Scott Ackerman had written me about something, or I tweeted with him something. And I was like, oh, Scott Ackerman. She's like, oh, Scott Ackerman. He was in Christmas Carol with us.
0: Oh, was, that's such a crazy moment. And of I like- was like,
1: shut up. You- oh, my God. <laughs> so then I tweeted at him. I just like wrote him. And I was like, hey, man, were you in uh, Christmas Carol at STC like in 1994 or whatever? And he wrote back. He's like, yeah, did you see it?
0: Oh, that's so and I wrote crazy! Back, uh, I was
1: in it with you. I was, and then all of a sudden we were both like, "Oh my god!" And that it all kind of came so flooding back. Crazy! But it's such a weird, random.
0: That's extremely random, and it makes it's such a testament to like how much your brain gets rid of what it doesn't need. Yeah, if exactly. someone else isn't like to have those people that have those experiences with you who keep them alive for you because you can have conversations about them and stuff. It's so it's just such a different experience than like. Like, at least you guys both ended up remembering that. Cause I still feel like I have somebody, like, I'll have people from even high school say, like, oh, remember that one time, da, da, da. And it's so creepy when you just literally don't have a memory of something. It's weird when the re- other person yeah. does.
1: It's weird what you do retain. Like, you usually retain like tidbits. Like, I don't remember a lot of these things doing these shows, but I remember at rehearsal for one of them, Bill Clinton got either elected or reelected. And everybody, like, because, you know, the liberal actors, like, they're all freaking out. And I remember being at rehearsal and everybody cheering and stuff. And I remember I was wearing a Public Enemy t-shirt. Uh-huh. And uh, just, like, for some reason, that that moment sticks out in my head. Like, oh, I remember when Bill Clinton was reelected. And yeah. that's what happened. And
0: Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think it probably was, was when he was elected the first time. It might have been. Because yeah. I remember... Um, Like I had a friend, I mean, I wasn't super political when I was in high school, but I definitely had friends who really were. And I remember my friend Maggie, shout out to Maggie, who I'm sure does not listen to the podcast, but uh, my friend Maggie was, got into this huge argument with our chemistry teacher who was um, like a staunch Republican. And she was, she was just, she like went off on how she was so excited because she was turning 18 like right before the election. So she was going to be able to vote for Clinton. And so it was like, cause yeah, when we were, cause she was older than me. And so it was that feeling of like, how political of a teenager can you be? And of course you can be, and I'm sure there were plenty of kids in Davis who, you know, there are plenty of people who are bless them, like super politically active when they're teenagers. I think I had more of the sensibility, which was, I totally, I totally, agreed with my parents who were liberals you know i just like assumed that they were right which i still do agree with them um but i was like i definitely think i felt that sense of like oh it's great that clinton is like really engaging the youth but i still can't vote for him i'm still too young you know and so i just sort of tucked that away and didn't think that much about it
1: and i was always like the two things that i just don't have time for and i never have are politics and religion because my whole thing is like i just see so much in the world being fought over these things and so many terrible things being done in the name of these two things that I'm just like I just can't like for me it's like I'm more like it's more important to me to know who was in cool runnings. I don't know why, but <laughs> that's actually a very political movie. I it don't is, know. right? I don't know. But it's just that kind of thing of just like I just it doesn't matter like I can like somebody a lot and then all of a sudden politics or religion come into it and then I'm just like, Oh no. Yeah. Like I just don't I don't know. And and just even talking about it is an unpopular thing, you know, it's just one of those things Things where it's like, I'm kind of like, can't we all just get along and have a good time? We're not on this earth for that long. Yeah. So let's like enjoy things as opposed to like let's get in huge philosophical debates about things. And you know, I don't know. Like yeah. it's, it's always kind of just bothered me. I understand. So, that. um, yeah, I don't know. But that weird.
0: reminds me that you—I know that you had a girlfriend who was Mormon. Was that and wasn't that in high school? That
1: was in high school. It yeah. was
0: in high school. So how, tell well, me actually, about your—tell me about your love life when you were in high school.
1: <laughs> it actually wasn't in high school. It was in college. I it, it well. I was in college. I was like a freshman in college, and she was like a senior in high school. Gotcha. But we had known each other since we were really young. Okay. Um. And I guess I'd always liked each other, but I'd never talked about it. We all did theater together um her she has like a bunch of sisters big mormon family as mm-hmm. you would expect and one brother and so all of them had done theater with us her mom was like the musical accompanist at Davis musical theater and the young people's thing so i'd always worked with her mom and that kind of stuff too so it was weird that it just finally took us like forever to finally just realize that we had always liked each other so so we tried dating for, we did i think we did for like a year
0: which isn't amazing timing considering that you were not in the same city anymore
1: yeah it was me him that kind of thing where like she would occasionally come up to san francisco or i would come back to davis for the weekend or whatever because you could hop on the train it took like three hours or at that point i think i i don't think i had a car at that point or maybe i did but you could drive back and forth or whatever but yeah it was just a different thing for me because i've never been that religious like i grew up unitarian i guess i would go to that church when i was a kid Mm -hmm. and then kind of just stopped going and i know my mom kind of had a regret about that for a while and I just kept telling her, like, look, I, I understand religion. Like, it's not like I don't know it. I just decided it's not for me. Like, yeah. that's fine.
0: Um, oh, and I should throw out, I, sometimes this happens if I know someone uh, well and I'm podcasting them, but uh, that I forget to mention certain tidbits. But you also do have a brother named Jay. I do. Um, did you guys, and you're very, you're pretty close in age.
1: Three years apart, yeah. Um,
0: I guess that's not that close. It feels so close now, (laughs) but then, but back then that's kind of a big difference. Yeah. But is he somebody that you got, that you like, would you, did you, were you guys close? Did you talk about a lot? You know, he's obviously very creative also kind of in some ways the same as you in some ways different from you, but
1: yeah. And we had a bit of a rough childhood together. I mean, we definitely like had our moments where it was great, you know, but he was very different kid than I was. Like I was always very quiet like I mean, not quiet in the sense that I'm like shy, shy or whatever. I'm fine if I'm comfortable with people, I can talk and do whatever. But I was always very like I'm very observant. Like mm-hmm. I always have been. Like when I was a kid or whatever, I came out just kind of like, hey, what's going on? Very quiet, didn't cry, you know that kind of thing. My brother came out screaming. Like mm-hmm. that's the difference. So it, it that's our temperaments are very different too. So it was always kind of that way. Like when we were a kid, he would want to play something like, let's wrestle. Let's play wrestling or no. I'd be like, no, I don't want to play wrestling. You're just going to get hurt and then you're going to get upset. No, let's play wrestling. No, I don't want to play wrestling. And Until so you keep needling me, I'd be like, all right. And then five minutes into wrestling, he would hurt himself and start uh-huh. screaming and then yell at me. And then my parents would be like, why did you do that? And I was like, look, yeah, <laughs> he wanted to play wrestling. We played wrestling. I didn't even really do anything. And he hit his elbow against something and now is losing his mind or whatever. Yeah. So it was a lot of that kind of stuff. And then growing up, like, I just didn't act out. I didn't get into trouble. For me, getting in trouble was too much trouble. So I was always like the 40-year-old, 8-year-old. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> somebody so you didn't w- do
0: drugs or anything? like No.
1: Somebody basketball. wanted to do something, I'd just be like, ugh.
0: You know, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see where is. this is going. Right, exactly. Yeah. So,
1: like, for us, it was like, <laughs> like, for us, it'd be like, we'd have a sleepover in high school, and like, we'd like ride our bikes around town and like go get Mountain Dew and Mike and Ike's. You yeah. Know? Like, and then come back and play Nintendo. Like, that was fine with us. Like, yeah. We didn't need anything else. And I've always been like, like, outgoing enough that I didn't need like to drink, to feel like I had to be social or whatever. I didn't feel like I needed to alter my reality because I liked my reality. Like I like the world. I like, I thought there's so much, there's so many shiny things around here. Like I don't understand the need to alter it. And I've also been a bit of a control freak. I don't like when things aren't under my control, which is why I've always been a self starter too, because like, if you sit around and you wait for other people to give you opportunities, nothing will ever happen for you. Mm-hmm. So unless you make them yourselves, like it's just not going to happen, and mm-hmm. you're going to fail more than you're going to succeed. But at least you're trying stuff.
0: It is so interesting. I mean, I love everything you're saying, and I, and and as you know, I've you've been such like a touch point for me as like a ba- just a balanced, like sensible friend and just like very, you know, you're just very even keel. Like you, you, we've, we've always known this about each other, but like I definitely do have the sort of more emotional ups and downs and you definitely like keep it together. And it's so nice to have that grounding force. And I do feel like based on what you're describing in your family, like some of that does come out of, it's just interesting, the whole nature versus nurture thing. It's like you already were that person. You came out that person and then you sort of, I mean, I wonder if it is that situation where it's kind of like when someone likes something so much more than you that suddenly you're just like, just have it. You know right. what I mean? Like my, you know, I was I always joke that I was never that into like U two or anything because I would have like a girlfriend who was like obsessed with them, and so I would just be like, well, I can't compete with that. I guess just that's your band. Like I'm not gonna because I'd be like, oh, I was listening to that song. Big, like, um, were you listening to the song from the album? Were you listening to the B side of da da da? Right and. Uh, But, like, having uh, a sibling who is, you know, the same gender and also, like, he just was more angsty for whatever reason, that sort of relegates you as, like, the balancing force in the family, too, And I think
1: my parents were, like, weren't quite sure how to handle him because he would act out more, you know? It's just he would. And then I think it infuriated him that I didn't. So they just assumed if something was like, oh, Shay, what'd you do? It was like, oh, really? Really? You know, that kind of thing. Um, and, and you know he's, he's amazing I love my brother very much like he's an amazing musician he's so talented he's a great yeah. athlete too like he stuck with the sports more and he's got an amazing voice like he's an amazing singer like I'm a good singer he's an amazing singer mm-hmm. and so he like we did Snoopy together when we were kids I was Snoopy he was Linus um, so we used to do a little bit of theater but he stuck with baseball he was on the American Legion team and stuff he got a hit off of CC Sabathia in high school and that's a big major means pitcher means
0: nothing to me <laughs> he's one of
1: the best pitch, the greatest pitchers of all time that's and, crazy you know, he hit off of him or that's whatever.
0: crazy I just said that's, that's crazy that's, that's
1: so crazy so he kind of stuck with that for a while and then but music has always been his passion like he's an amazing guitarist and songwriter and he's the lead singer in a band state to state and he was a solo artist for a while too and so they're doing pretty well here in LA they put a couple albums out and uh, he has a rescue dog named Zool that like the two of them just really like our best buddies
0: what a great name god I can't believe there aren't more dogs named Zool
1: you would think right yeah it's a great name um so he's he's doing great you know and he you know it just was a different path for him and I think just in general because I was so well behaved that you know most Parents, like, if we have multiple kids, like, they're, they're all going to act out and do things and rebel. I was just a weird anomaly that I just didn't care to do it. Yeah. So, I think that it was just, like, <laughs> you know, when your first kid is, like, not a kid in a lot of ways, it's harder to deal with one that is just being a kid. Yeah. So... You know, and yeah,
0: they probably said things like to their friends. They'd be like, "Well, we got real lucky with Cole." <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, like, all due respect to Shay, who I agree is completely amazing. But my parents didn't get lucky with me. I was super emotional, and they like divorced, and I was, you know, histrionic about just the weirdness of like that energy. And I definitely look back, and I'm like, I could have for sure made it worse for them. Like, I have friends who are much worse, but there's no way either of them. I mean, I think they probably have revisionist history now because I have such a great relationship with both of them. They're probably like, you're you are a great kid. But come on. Right. I know that I
1: definitely was not, you know, and not to say that I never did anything wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I was not a saint, but like, you know, like if I did things usually was because I I thought I could get away with it or whatever or like (laughs) my dad says there's one the only vicious thing he's ever seen me do in my life one time was when my brother was like one or two and i was pretty young too and like i for some reason i like he was walking and then he's on a blanket and i just like looked at him and i just yanked the blanket out so he'd fall down (laughs) and my dad was like it was like completely like weird and like that's
0: the kind of thing that happens with many brothers and sisters like for years like every day they're being like that to each other
1: so like i didn't really because I've always been like, why, why have drama? Why hurt people? Why, whatever? Like, you know, you're only around a little while. But I definitely did a few things here and there. Like, my mom and dad definitely remember the Bill and Ted incident, which <laughs> is, um, uh, I mean, I loved that movie so much. But there was like this, uh, like call-in number thing. It was like a 900 number where you would call in and you had a chance to win like prizes or whatever. And it was you would get quotes from the movie or whatever and. They'd be like, see if you won the prize, and if you did, they'd be like, excellent. If you didn't, it'd be like, bogus. Uh-huh. Never won anything, but uh-huh. um,
0: you never won anything.
1: No, it was like a dollar ninety nine a minute or whatever. But they would say like, enter your phone number in, and so my friends and I, for some strange reason, thought, well, we'll just enter in random numbers and we won't get charged for these calls. Uh-oh. And we could call. I can
0: totally see using that logic. I can right. totally Just like, that. we'll
1: just enter it in. Like, we won't win the prize, but we can, listen to, we can listen to the calls. This is fun, right? Yeah. And then, you know, my parents get like a $100 phone bill or whatever from these calls. Yeah. And they're like, what did you do? And we we're like, <laughs> uh. And then I think they were more mad about the fact that we thought that we could charge other people for these calls yeah, versus that's true. like... And we we're like, well, what? If some guy gets a two dollar charge on his bill, we're not entering the same number ever. Right. So, you know, oh, so some dude pays two bucks, another dude pays two bucks. Whatever, yeah. we get to hear this thing. Like that was our logic on it. And did it.
0: you ever do anything like mildly pranky, like TP people or anything like that?
1: <laughs> the only thing I think we ever did, is just stupid, we would like ride our bikes around and we'd take like realty signs and move them. <laughs> 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 so we would like take it from one house. <laughs> And then, like, ride our bikes three blocks and put it at another lawn. That's funny. Yeah, it's a pretty good little (laughs) thing.
0: I've never heard that one before. (laughs) At the end of
1: the day, whoever was was selling their house would be like, what happened? And then somebody else would be like, we're not selling our house.
0: (laughs) It's it's great because it's, like, a very unmessy, very fixable, like, it it lasts for a minute, but obviously that family is like, well, our house is not for sale. (laughs) And The other people are like, someone took our sign. But that's pretty, that's, like, a good, that feels like, not to make this about me, but that does feel like a good Janet Varney level prank where I could like be okay with that and not be like horrified at myself for, cause I could never TP anyone. Cause I just always thought, God, that just like, I was so, it was, it was the empathy thing of like, Oh, like this is fun for us. But then like, Oh, they're just going to be so sad the next day. Like that person is going to be so sad and bummed out.
1: But even that, like, I didn't understand the whole TP. Is like you're putting toilet paper in their trees. Whoop did he do? Congratulations! But
0: it's so messy to clean
1: up. It is. It, yeah, you're basically saying yeah. like, let's inconvenience them. <laughs> but yeah, like for me, like it had to be something kind of different. Oh, the other thing that my friend and I did is this is the time where like. um you, like you could type things in on your PC like and have a robot voice repeat them. You uh-huh. know, like that kind of thing. So you'd be like, you know, <laughs> like hey, above like your face. I still get excited about that. Yeah. So what we would do is we would like <laughs> we would call people up and when the answering machine would come on, we'd have this pre recorded message that we'd hit that would be like, Hello, Mr Smith, this is Sears. Your lingerie order is ready. Please pick <laughs> it up. Beep, like that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> in a robot voice, ah, thinking yeah. that like is this is just going to confuse the shit out of. Yeah. You to this?
0: <laughs> Again, pretty tame, good, nice and yeah. tame. Right about my level of interest mm-hmm. for stuff like that. That's that was pretty
1: hilarious to us for yeah. some reason.
0: Yeah. And so and so with your just to go back to your um your sweet Mormon girlfriend and like yes. what and then just girls before that um because you said you mentioned even in junior high like you just weren't. Combative in that kind of like testosterone-y way that boys
1: were when they just didn't
0: know what to do with their feelings and stuff like right. that Like how did how did that stuff develop for you in high school? Like did you have serious girlfriends? Did I you did like
1: it feels like i've pretty much always been in a relationship From like high school on even junior high I had a lot of girlfriends or whatever, but they you know Their junior high romances just last a month and then yeah. we don't like each other anymore. So um, but yeah, like in high school, I had a girlfriend f- for a couple years um and then but she was a year younger than me and so when i went off to college that broke up um and then and then the the mormon girl happened for a while and then after that it was like a couple of
0: this is so none of my business and i it's awkward to ask but like as a as a as a person who had a friend that i really kind of was in love with in a way uh but that who was Mormon and like I had lost my virginity and he hadn't and that was like hard and weird. I'm just wondering if she I guess it's a, you can respect her privacy. But is it like because you're not supposed to have sex before you get married. right?
1: Which we didn't. So yeah. it was you know that didn't happen like you know we would make out and stuff. But that was kind of it.
0: Had you already had sex with someone like before and then you just respected her? Or did yeah. You just not yet?
1: Yeah. Like I didn't. Like, none of that happened until, like, college or whatever. So, I, you know, I, w- I waited a while or yeah. whatever. But, yeah, I, I just, you know, for me, it was just like I, you know, liked her a lot. I, you know, had pined over her most of my life. So yeah. it was just cool to be like, oh, hey, we're in a relationship. But then I just, I mean, it was never really going to work anyways. Like, she's Mormon. I'm not. I would have had to have converted. And I tried to read the Book of Mormon, and it was... A lovely fiction, mm. but... Um, Unlike the Bible, just kidding. Right. Well, they're both great, just great kidding. Sh-
0: shout, out to, shout out to people who believe in that in No, those, I mean, in the, I, in I don't, don't
1: want to like yeah, anybody's <laughs> faith, but like the Mormon, like the story, it's, it's a pretty incredible story in a lot of ways mm-hmm. that like, obviously they have faith in it or whatever, but I was just kind of like, I'm only doing this for a girl. Like I'm not doing this because I believe and I want to be part of the church. And for me, that felt hypocritical. So God,
0: I wish you could have had a conversation with my father when he was <laughs> in his late 20s making the same decision.
1: I just it just felt like I'm, I'm not doing a service to anybody. You yeah. know, like this is like, why be part of something that's faith based if you don't have the faith? Yeah. That's kind of the way I looked at it at the end of the day. It's just like, you know, look, like I'm into you, girl, but I just can't it's not fair to you. It's not fair to your family. It's not fair to your church. Like that's, I I respect it. Like, it's not like I don't like religion, but it's not that I don't respect it because I respect that people have faith and and community and that kind of thing. Like, I think that's great. And I think whatever gets you through the day, is, is great, whatever that is, you know? And if, if believing in some sort of God or, s- or being spiritual or whatever is a thing for you, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that. I don't like it when people try to force it on other people yeah. and say that whatever they believe is wrong because I don't think that there's a definite... Absolutely, I mean, there's no scientific proof of anything, Right. and they say, "Well, because it's faith-based." Great. So you have your faith, believe in that. That's fantastic. But that yeah. doesn't mean that I have to believe in that because yeah, it's you know, hard, that whole right? thing, cause It's, it's so, tough. It's
0: so connected to other, like to to your point earlier. It's so connected to other bigger. Things like community, and then the sort of flip side of community, which is like elitism, or you know, wanting to create a group of people that in some ways should just be supportive, but then also ends up being like, Well, we're right and you're wrong to create that other, like, we're you know, we're this group, we take care of ourselves and look after each other, we'd love to grow this group but you can't be in this group unless you believe X, Y, and Z. And that's, that's always been tough for me too. Is that, that sense of like, I, as a, as a, not to just, you know, go to into down the Mormon rabbit hole. Cause I know I have on other podcasts, but um, yeah, to feel like a little bit on the outside looking in and not wanting to be on the inside most of the time, but also being like, I mean, it is pretty great. Like the way they take care of their elderly is amazing. Like they're sick. you know, it, that when you have that positive side of that community, when it's like, oh, I don't have to worry about my mom. Like some, you know, if I if she, if my mom won't be near me and I can't move to Tucson, I know that there are people in that community who would literally they could literally bring her a meal right. three times a day. They, I mean, we don't need to have that happen. My mom's fine right now, but to know that that exists is so wonderful. But to also feel like you know yeah but they also feel like um i made a huge mistake and like i'm gonna burn in hell for
1: (laughs) right yeah i mean it's like you know like most of the mormon families i know are like big and loving and they're lots of kids like the the my mormon girlfriend from my from college high school has like four or five kids now like she's doing what she wants to do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's great. You know, she's a mom and there she's super happy and that's fantastic. And she has her community and she has her church and she, you know, like that's the road that she wanted to travel down. I just knew that that was never going to be for me.
0: Well, it just doesn't surprise me at all because I know I'm psycho- psychoanalyzing you, but I, but you, everything that we've are even talked about here just shows that some people have got to get at least one burp in every podcast. Um, <laughs> That, that some people have that kind of – that sort of inner structure. Like there's a – like some people have a, a core that is that is more grounded and based inside than than seeking that stuff from the outside. And I think the same person in you that didn't need – that didn't need or want to like get really fucked up and, you know, be like on drugs all the time or whatever is also the same person who didn't need – the external force of religion to sort of conduct yourself and, in, in like a, a nice way.
1: Right. You know? Yeah. I've just always felt like I've always kind of known who I was or kind of what I wanted to do. And it's so
0: amazing to me. It's so clear.
1: And so it just made it easy for me. Like, it, it's just like when you're not struggling to figure it out, I mean, I think a lot of people that do all those things and have done it or whatever is because they're just, they don't, they're just trying to figure it out, like what it is they want to do. And for me, I just kind of knew who I was early on and I was okay with that. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's not to say that I don't have struggles and things with my personality and stuff. Of course I do. Like, you know, everybody does. But in general, like, I was never looking to really reinvent myself. If anything, it's like, I've just kind of tried to fine tune myself in a lot of ways like fine okay so I have this this thing is not satisfying to me okay what can i find that will make you know fill that void in my life okay cool found it or whatever that kind of yeah. stuff it's constantly trying to do that kind of thing yeah and i mean i've always looked really young for my age like that always was like i always hated that and now that i'm you know in la of course they're like it's the best thing ever for you but yeah I hated not being taken seriously by people my own age. That that's always been something that I've always hated because mm. I've always been mature enough on a personal level, but like and I feel like I'm pretty smart, like I can, you know, hold my own with most people. And that's kind of what kept me safe growing up. Like people bullies didn't try to like when they did pick on me, I would just say something like kind of cutting that their friends would laugh at and then they didn't get it. So then they would be like, Oh, uh, okay. But they knew that they shouldn't pummel me now because like I've carried favor with the people around them or yeah. whatever. So that's always kept me out of trouble because I knew just enough to say something kind of but nothing that was going to be like infuriating.
0: You yeah. Know? Well, it's kind of the difference between, I can't believe I'm going to make this comparison, but it's kind of the difference between like, even when they, when what, what we're told as women, which is like, don't walk, looking at the ground, looking victimized, in a bad neighborhood sort of thing it's almost a weird like bully version of that which is like you may not have been big or strong and it's not like you were drawing it by being like a wise ass but like if you got picked on and you had the strength to sort of look someone in the eye and say something snarky that's very different than just like shuffling your feet and you know just being like here's my money you know what i mean or whatever like that's a cliche but it is kind of a good line to walk where you just i feel like you just didn't project yourself as like a victim you know
1: i remember like in junior high like there's this i would eat lunch with two of my friends my friend chris my friend ellis when we were all kind of geeky or whatever but uh and then we would eat lunch outside um underneath this tree or whatever And like these three older boys decided that like they that wasn't cool so they started coming over and started picking on us and i remember one like dumped like a, a cup full of pears with pear juice in it or whatever. That's from the student lunch or whatever on my <laughs> head. And I remember just being like, <laughs> I think I said something like, oh, well, that's a poor use of fruit. <laughs> and so then he got mad. And I was I was like, he's like, yeah, but now you got you know, stuff in your hair. I'm like, I'm a teenager. I have greasy hair. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he like, just took
0: his power being, away. You just take yeah, the power away. Yeah, exactly. He's away. like, I'm not
1: going to give you a reaction. In yeah. fact, I'm just going to kind of dismiss you and roll my eyes at you, which is kind of yeah. what I did. And then like they did this for like a week or so and then they just
0: it's not left fun. Left not interesting. Because like, I After wouldn't that. give them
1: any sort of reaction. Yeah. So.
0: I like that. I like that as a general sort of, it reminds me too of some of the like self-esteem stuff that, that I do with um, the Art of Elysium where we sort of coach these kids who have, who get picked on for one reason or another, whether it's they, you know, had a cleft palate, so they have a scar or, or they have diabetes. So people see them, you know, checking their uh, insulin levels and stuff that, <clears throat> It really is. This is something that like, and every time I do one of those programs, I feel like I walk away being reminded of how to engage with the world because there's so much that's similar, even just as an adult, which is just a sense of like, yeah, just kind of know yourself and be comfortable with who you are and know that somebody else's behavior isn't, uh, doesn't have to change you. Like it doesn't have to change even really the way you feel, of course, in the moment. I mean, I can't imagine that you literally felt nothing when that happened. You probably were like, oh my God, this is, how am I going to, what am I, how, what is my reaction going to be? It could be this, this, or this. Yeah. But to kind of take the beat and like go down the middle road is never a bad idea. How can
1: I pummel him without raising my fist? It's kind of like my thought process at all times is like, how can I take his power away from him without having to like literally get in a fight fight because i was little like there's no way i could have done anything to him like i would have taken a swing he would have laughed and then he would have punched me in the face like yeah so i was like how do i avoid that and like it's just a barb it's just like act like a bigger man in a sense like don't react and like yeah it's like don't just sit there and like be silent like a silent protest or whatever but like just You know,
0: but it also feels like going back to that sense of self that you also had an innate understanding that you weren't deserving of whatever was happening, which is a huge thing, which is like something for us all to remember, which is again, it goes, it goes back to that. It's like you also weren't like, I'm horrible. Like I deserve to have pairs. You know what I mean? And some of us allow ourselves to believe that bad behavior is coming at us for a reason and it just seems like you're good at being like no there's no reason i'm great i'm fine i'm not this is not about me so how do i make this go away
1: i always had a little bit of that like when that kind of stuff would happen i'd be like yeah you're gonna be here forever doing this kind of shit i'm destined for bigger things like i had that kind of thing in my mind of like and you know it's not an arrogance some you know (laughs) occasionally i've been accused of that but for me it's just like I just felt like this is this is my formulative years, but like this is not going to be junior high forever. There's not going to be pears dumped in my head. So right. like, just this is part of the process. But I'm going to go and do something great. Ha ha, you. Yeah. Like that was always in my mind. Was like, let me. I'm going to go and create something or do something, and it's going to be noteworthy. That's yeah. kind of my thought process, and like everybody should feel like that way. Everybody should aspire to that. Nobody should be like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to get out of this town. I'm not going to. It should always be like, nope. I will show you guys if it needs to be a revenge against the people that didn't believe in you, so be it. Yeah. That's the motivation it takes to <laughs> yeah. go out and do something kick ass. Like I had my I'll have my 20-year high school reunion this August. That'll be weird. But I went to the 10 and it was exactly what I wanted it to be. It was like all the like popular people who were kind of mean just didn't do anything. Like they were just kind of like gain, gained weight didn't leave town or whatever. Yeah. We're in nine to fives that were just kind of whatever. And then the weird kids, the kids that were a little strange that danced to, you know, a different beat, so to speak, were all like grew up to be gorgeous people, Mm -hmm. you know, and then went to places like I'm a photographer in New York or I'm a model in Brazil or whatever. Like, doesn't matter. Like they did interesting, cool things. Yeah. Like you kind of hoped that they would. And it was kind of exactly what I wanted it to be. It was like, cool. The, The only thing it wasn't, was that I couldn't go and had to send a video from a set of Belize or something, you know, like, uh-huh. Hey guys, I'm filming this movie. can't be there. Wish I could be. I'm super famous. Yeah. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't that, but you know, at that point I think I was, we were a couple years into sketch fest, like maybe three. So it was starting to be a thing, Yeah. but it really wasn't that much yet. But you know, I was doing improv and you know, whatever. So I was following a creative path. So I think people are like, Oh, that's cool. He's, the guy who did improv and stuff and act and stuff is still doing it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um. So it, w- it was cool. It was cool. So, But the 20 will be interesting to see kind of where everybody is now.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, I've not been to any reunions, but um, mostly because I feel like I know where everyone is that I really care about. But it would be cool to see. And I guess I kind of hear about some of the people that were more like that, where I am like, oh, he sells cars now. Okay all due respect to somebody who sells cars, who enjoys it, that there are people that I think pretended and behaved as though they were going to be like president of the United States, but were not particularly magnanimous or nice. And it's, you (laughs) know, perhaps are doing things that they don't get a lot of joy out of, or maybe they do. And you know, that's fine too. But,
1: um, well the weird things now with like, because of Facebook and things like that is like, you have, dibs on everybody. You yeah, know what, it's like uh, it's like twenty four seven high school yeah, reunion if you, you want. You know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. It's it's gonna be the few people that aren't on social media or you've kind of lost track of that you've kind of forgotten about. There's gonna be the interesting ones to see if they're there.
0: Yeah. And you know, if you really want to have that experience where everyone's in one place, that's different. That's certainly different than being on Facebook. There's is still something to be said for being in the same it's, room with someone. <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. <laughs> All right I want to get into some mash uh
1: with McCole right. Stratton. Uh, uh Klinger Oh, great. Here um, we go. All right. Well, I,
0: uh, hold on, hold Hawkeye, on. No, just uh, hang on. <laughs>
1: uh, Radar.
0: You married Hawkeye. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I know that's what you wanted. Um, Okay. So categories for Cole Stratton, um, I'm going to straight off the bat uh, just dive right into you can live in, um, give me three 80s movies that you wish that you could uh, drop into and live in for as long or as little as you liked. But
1: Okay, three that I want, want to be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go with Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Amazing. Come on, Dance TV, guys. <laughs> uh, Midnight Madness. Uh, and uh pretty and pink oh yeah because i would love to be ducky
0: good old pretty and pink okay great 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 all right next one is uh this feels like a no-brainer um three disneyland rides that for some reason suddenly become real in some way
1: Ooh. okay Space Mountain would be terrifying, so I don't know if I could say that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm
0: always shocked when people say that. I'm like, I don't know. It's a fun ride, but geez.
1: And Mr. Toads, you'd to go to hell, so I right. can't. I can't choose that. Uh, Dumbo. Oh, okay. why not? Ride him around. Sure. Take a chance. You got a feather. You got Timothy. It. Um. Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, because it's the
0: ruinest, tunest, <laughs> wildest ride in the
1: wilderness. Uh, um. And uh, Tom Sawyer's Island, not the Pirates of the Caribbean lair that it's become. Right. I don't need Jack Sparrow shoved up my ass everywhere because that's what it constantly is now. There's something about a boy whitewashing a fence that is pretty magical.
0: I agree. Tom Sawyer's Island is still, I was just there and I I hadn't been on it in a while because it always seems like waiting to get on the raft would take forever. Yeah. And I forgot how great it is just to like, yeah, be up be just just be in those little caves and like yeah, non-pirate around. when it was non-pirate related too. just that 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 sense of that was captured so beautifully by mark twain but also just like how we all feel which is like having that place that's just yours that's just for kids yep. that feels like you know this is our this is our realm <laughs> you know
1: side note have you done the canoes
0: no i've never done the canoes oh it's hell <laughs> like, i guess i thought you were gonna sell me on them we sorry. finally I'm did glad I'm like, i haven't
1: i when i because i go a lot so every once in a while i'll be like let's just do something we haven't let's done or whatever yeah. and so uh and my friend jamie does them all the time it does has done everything in the park a times. she's like oh let's do it or whatever yeah so we did it and it's just like it burns like it's tough like you're yeah. constantly rowing and it's on one side and afterwards my arm That's was, was exercise.
0: like exercise.
1: well but it's also like there's a ton of people in the boat. Half of them are giants because, uh-huh. you know, you go. To, look, if you want to feel great about your body, just look around at Disneyland and uh, you realize that most of this country is we really, need help. really needs help. We just need some help. But, yeah. uh, but like, so it's a heavy boat that you're trying to row and then a, a good quarter of the way through it, half the people stop rowing. Like, they give up. And the guy who's, like, rowing is like, yeah, you guys, you gotta row. We gotta go because otherwise we're not gonna do it. So, like, it feels like those of us who are rowing are really rowing hard to try to make up for the people that are like, no. <laughs> Not gonna do it anymore. Right. Where's the churro cart? Right. So yeah, I afterwards I was like, that really I, I I'm burning. It's a burning sensation.
0: Yeah, it's I feel like I leave Disneyland happy but exhausted, but I don't want I don't know if I want to leave exhausted like I should have paid someone for the workout. Yeah,
1: it shouldn't be the manual labor ride. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> No, thank you.
0: Um also I accidentally go, fell down the rabbit hole, so to speak, of uh I also looking up, it. yeah, yeah, literally. And I got very hurt. No, but I I I was having some conversation about like injuries that happen at Disneyland. I was like, mm, I've never really looked this up. So I looked up to see like who's died and who's been injured at Disneyland. It really is just like 18-year-old drunk kids on grad night who do Incredibly stupid stuff.
1: Let's stand up on the Matterhorn. Oh,
0: it's so grim.
1: It's dumb. Yeah, that's that's that kind of thing they do. Do you know that people scatter ashes on Haunted Mansion? No, no. Not. It's not like a stray occasion. It's happened a lot. People bring ashes, uh. scatter them. Of course, they immediately shut down the ride right if they see it or whatever. But yeah. after the they just sweep them up at the end of the night. So like that those those beloved ashes that you who scattered momentarily, yeah. near Madame Leona are now <laughs> no. In uh Mickey bin oh, somewhere. No. It's yeah. a thing. It That's happens. A
0: bad... I think the key is to scatter them uh, at a different ride so where no one's expecting it. Right. Great moments with Mr. Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just <laughs> poof out some ashes into the crowd. <laughs> That's so weird. All right. Um okay, third category will be uh you can Um, uh, Well, I know that you enjoy mixology, so I'm going to say three. It could be – you know more about it than I do, but I'll give you some options. It could be either like – it could be a combo thereof, but it could be like you invented this drink, so this is what the Stratton is. Or it could be like there is a drink that you yourself have made that you wish kind of was like as ubiquitous as an old-fashioned or something. Just three drinks that like – you can take credit for that are kind of around and about.
1: Okay. Um, I mean, I do make a lot of stuff at my home bar, which is fun. Um, and that's the thing that my wife and I like to do is just go to like crazy bars and try things and stuff. So there's definitely like I've made a bunch of name after pop culture things. Cause that's what I do. Um, there's one I made called Griggs grog that, and that's named after the dude from last starfighter, the alien pilot. Perfect. And it's like a tropical drink that's like pineapple juice and velvet falernum and uh, allspice drum and dark rum, light rum. Mm. It's just really yummy and potent. Yeah. Um, so that one. Okay, Griggs Grog. Is pretty amazeballs. Um, this one I didn't invent, but it's my favorite drink. It's a Negroni. Like I get that pretty much everywhere I go um and then what's in that negroni is gin campari and vermouth it's one part of each it's the easiest thing in the world to make and you'd be surprised how many like bartenders don't how to make it it's a classic cocktail i've had to like teach them and yeah. they usually go like we don't have campari and i'm like i see the bottle right behind you you do have it <laughs> yeah. come on make it yeah. um but i like that a lot which is weird because i did not like campari at first i was like this tastes like paint how does anybody like this um acquired taste but like it's just really bitter but then you just start your palate starts to like it after a while yeah and then the sweetness of like the sweet vermouth and the gin kind of balance it out and it's just being this nice little drink beautiful and now it's starting to get popular places now i see it on a lot of menus so and i used to drink old fashions all the time too and people like you're not 80 why do you want those <laughs> but now it's like the hip drink everywhere yeah, of course. so go figure um and then uh, there's this other drink I made called Regulators Mount Up. Uh-huh. Um, of course, named after Young Guns. And uh, also pineapple juice-based. I find I like that in cocktails. Uh, but it's made with uh, mezcal, mm-hmm. a Fidencio mezcal, which is nice and smoky. Um, and then a little bit of – I think there's a little bit of St. Germain in it to give it a little bit of sweetness. and mm-hmm. some simple syrup. And this cardamom clove syrup. Um, so it's kind of smoky and sweet at the same time. So I like that a lot too. So Lovely. I like that sometimes at home.
0: Regulators mount up. Love it. Yep. Um, <clears throat> okay. Let me do three vacation homes in, uh, fictitious places.
1: Ooh. Okay.
0: I've gotten a lot of flack for only giving the examples Tatooine and <laughs> middle earth. <laughs> Neither which neither place thing. I'd want to live. Yeah, no. But I. But those are the examples I give. Like those. Are, like as if those are the only two fictitious places I can think of. It's very sad. That's it, right? Those are the only places those, that's that exist. It. That's it.
1: Weird. Okay. Um, ooh, God. Let me try to think of some fictitious lands that I like so much. Um, Oz is too fucked up.
0: I know some places are, but it could also be like the pla- like like what you like about it. You like only what you like about it and, you know, nothing that's bad.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. Why am I blanking on? Could
0: be like outer space places, could be um what do I know that you like? Could be like <laughs> that weird place that the ex- kids from explorers go to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll
1: take um is it Eternia for Never Ending Story? Is that what it's called?
0: Oh, I can't remember what it's called right now, but yeah, it's the Never Ending Story. Okay, yeah,
1: pre-nothing. Uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> definitely pre-nothing. Uh,
1: I want to hang out with Falcor, so uh, a little shack near him so he can zoom me around. Great. Go hang out with the Rock Biters and stuff, too. You know, whatever. Agreed. popular guy there. Agreed. Um, I would not go to the Swamp of Sadness, though. Forget that. Oh, skip it. Right, because your like, horse just dies. Oh, he wants that. Nobody nobody does
0: nobody um what else what other things can i remember that i know that you like um oh i have one that i think would be fun for you okay what if you had a little vacation home in Emmett otters oh that would be amazing you could play with the band yeah totally okay
1: that would be great Um,
0: uh, i think it's called
1: frog hollow i think you're definitely right could be wrong It's, Uh, it's
0: definitely a hollow of some kind probably frog hollow You love Frog Hollow because of the frog tunnel.
1: That's right. I love to hang out with Doc Bullfrog. Seems what you needed, folks. Was (laughs) each other. Exactly. Uh, um, Yeah, that'd be good. And, um, okay, one more. Let's go with Melmac.
0: What's Melmac? That's
1: where Alpha's from.
0: (laughs) Oh, Fantastic. They
1: had uh, like an animated series where They also had trading cards, and what they had Bully baseball cards. <laughs> and Bully baseball is the sport they play there, where they basically throw fish soup at you and you try to hit it. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'd hang out in Momac with Alf. Amazing. With alien life form. Uh,
0: got it. Got it. Okay. Uh, the fish. The fish head baseball reminded me. Uh, tomorrow, Matrix style, you wake up, um, able to expertly play three sports
1: okay um probably baseball because i enjoy that hockey for sure i knew it because hockey lover i do love me some hockey there and highlight because i don't get it
0: yeah what i, I don't know how you play highlight I, but it's a it, but it's a clue in, cro- in new york times crossword puzzles all the time is it really there's like they it's either like it's like a highlight clue, or it's like a. Or what's the name of the basket that they catch in? And I keep thinking to myself, like, boy, I'm really knowing I now I know a lot of highlight terms that I don't. I don't know what any of them really are.
1: Wait, maybe maybe we'll make it cricket because oh, okay. that's a game I don't quite understand. But matches last week sometimes, so I feel like fascinating. If you could really get into it, yeah. I guess the better answer would have been golf, but we'll stick with cricket.
0: No, I like cricket better. Golf, right. screw golf. Um, okay, <laughs> Take that, golf. Uh, <laughs> Take you down a notch, yeah. golf. Yeah, golf. <laughs> um, okay, three forms of transportation as reasonable or unreasonable, as fantastical or as, well, as reality-based as you want, but it can't be just driving a car. Okay.
1: that That's how you get around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, your laptop did not give this me this idea, but a light cycle from Tron right. would be badass. Yeah, sure would. Especially sure if you don't have to do would. it on the grid. Uh, hoverboard, gotta a go. Future hoverboard. two technology,
0: gotta go. Hoverboard
1: that should have been here by now. Yeah. We're on that one. Science,
0: <laughs> we gotta get on that.
1: Yep. Um, and I'd love to have like one of those giant mech suits like they have in certain movies, like they they had in District Nine, like the oh yeah, cities yeah, in. oh definitely, like that's pretty badass. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely.
1: Or like Robot Jocks, that crappy movie from the nineties. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Amazing. Um, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I guess this kind of goes along. Well, you know, the, the drink, the drink thing is also just something that you're now famous for. Like you invented the Negroni, but, um, uh, I'm going to go t- pretty tradition with my last two, uh, at least tradition for me. One of them is going to be uh, a food. I mean, I guess something that's really bad for you. It doesn't have to be if you're like, I wish I could just have edamame. That's kind of a wasted wish, but, Weird. um, Uh, some food as specific as you want like there's this one place that has this thing or just like i could always eat black licorice or whatever that you could always have snap of the finger no no health uh nothing unhealthy about it just turns out it's good for you
1: okay beignets because those are delish
0: yeah they are
1: Uh, um the best thing i've ever eaten so I'd have to put this on the thing just because of the I've only had it one time it was the best thing ever. Was that was in New Orleans at this restaurant called Giacomo, and it was a blackened redfish with Oof. uh chipotle aioli. Ooh, I'm in, and it was
0: delicious.
1: So I'd have to put that there. Couple in b- both New
0: Orleans based. At yeah, this weird, point. right? Yeah, it's
1: strange because it's not like I eat Creole food that often. Yeah, but I guess I guess I do. I guess you do. I guess you would. I guess so. Um. Mm. what else? I like so many things and it's tough. This food's delicious. Man, I know. Food is good, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm. I mean, I always love tacos. Yeah. Just,
0: nice. It's ta- a delicious taco. It's just,
1: just a nice, delicious taco is always good.
0: I'll throw that in there. What kind of taco? Uh,
1: let's go carnitas. Do you like yeah. carnitas with like, uh, I like cilantro a lot. It's like a little lime crema and cilantro. Yeah, love that, it. That'd be nice. I
0: wonder how many times I've eaten Mexican food with you in the last like fifteen years.
1: Probably a decent amount. A well, that's decent one of the amount. places that's what that we, we do in San Francisco. Yeah, we both. Agree and on. I can actually
0: both. Yeah, we can both eat. Um, okay, listen. Nobody loves your wife
1: more than me. Right.
0: All due respect to Jenny.
1: Trash can. Who are we going with? Her? <laughs>
0: If it makes, if you think that it will make your marriage more comfortable for you to go old school, you can do that. You can do anything you want. You can do people who don't exist in real life. You can do uh, like someone from a movie or a novel. You can do actresses that you would have loved when you were a teen. You could do current stuff. Whatever, whatever uh, befits your mood and marriage.
1: <laughs> All right, so three ladies. Yeah. That I want to get my freak on uh-huh. with <laughs> yes um, yes labyrinth era Jennifer Connelly right because yeah she was so cute um I do have a thing for manic pixie dream girls so I'm um, gonna have to go Zooey Deschanel you guys
0: yeah here
1: uh, she's pretty adorable
0: she definitely is um third one.
1: I think I'd have, like, this list more ready, but I just don't even really think about it. Um, all right, one more. This has got to be a good one. This is going to be a good one. I feel like I want to go fictitious, but then I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of what else uh, What else I know about you in terms of, like, things that you loved or...
1: Mm, man. Who is she? Who, who is this lady? Who is this lady? Um god
0: audrey tattoo
1: like uh, like amelie i don't like the french accent gotcha <laughs> gotcha gotcha i didn't did go with her for halloween once
0: i know that's when we think of it <laughs>
1: <laughs> It was so confusing for people ah, your until the pe- great. people that got it it's got so it. great oh i'll go with um uh heather's era when on a rider. yeah good one
0: see we got there yeah amelie led us to something good I
1: do you love some heather's veronica era. sawyer
0: Okay, all right. Um, tell me when to stop.
1: Stop. Okay. Some people like wait for like a minute, and you are like, "Please, yeah." No. Believe me,
0: those are real long ones. Um, all right, I am going to pause this, do some math, and come back with your one hundred percent guaranteed mash future. Sweet. Okay, I am feeling pretty good about this. Right. Um, <laughs> some of it makes me laugh harder than others. Um, okay. First of all, uh, I want to thank you for, because this is already kind of happening, but since you in actually invented your favorite drink, the Negroni, right. well done, well done. In
1: 1898 um, or whatever.
0: I don't know. How would that, <laughs> how would that, would that taste good with a beignet? It might. It might? Because yeah, you definitely sure. have unlimited... Uh, guilt-free beignet availability and access at the moment's notice. Um, Can we get a beignet? (laughs) That'd be amazing. Um, uh, I want to congratulate you on your expert skill at playing hockey. Nice. I think you got a really good one. Good one, eh? Yeah, that's a really good one, eh? Um, And actually, that will come in very handy because you can skate all over the place, when you go to your vacation home uh, in Fracalo. yay! Yeah, a little, little river skating with a gang. Um, also, you have an apartment there, <laughs> which for <laughs> some reason seems weird. It seems weirdly city Can't afford a house. Yeah.
1: Property rates are skyrocketing yeah. around here.
0: I guess you just live in like, maybe your apartment is just like a, the little upper story of like one of the stores on Main Street. Well
1: they're you know, I'm a snake oil salesman. Right. It's really, really right. poor there.
0: You're only gonna live in a department, we all know that. <laughs> um uh but when you need to also just uh escape to a little something different, um, maybe when the when that lake is frozen over, you can skate out over to Tom Sawyer's Island. Nice. Which is pretty great in real life it's a real life wonderful place or you can get there by just <laughs> tromping through the water and over the land in your mech suit <laughs> <laughs> nice. threatening everyone in your way <laughs> ah, um or as if that weren't enough, and I don't know if you wear your mech suit into this world, but I think you would definitely uh, score uh, when you showed up in your mech suit. For girls, just want to have fun.
1: <laughs> hey, look at Cole in his mech suit entering the dance contest.
0: <laughs> Archie so Wendell. Funny. Yeah, girls just want to have fun, um, and then that just takes us to uh, your sweet lady friend who I'm pleased to report is the one and only Zooey Deschanel. Sweet. Yeah. Nice. Real cutie pie. Real cutie
1: pie. She'd love to sing down in Frog Hollow with Ma and Aunt. Uh, and actually,
0: she, I'm sure she absolutely would. The only thing I'm concerned about is I think eventually she'll probably do Sketchfest, so you'll probably be right in front of her, so we'll just have to see. Listen, here's a deal. Though. world. It's different.
1: Look, Breast X. You yeah. and I are going to live in a fictitious Henson yeah. Town.
0: <laughs> I should probably give you this so that right. you can present it to her because this is like a binding document. I can
1: provide. I made a Negroni fortune. <laughs> we have a mech suit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You got it pretty good. Um, but nice stuff. Really great choices and uh, and a great podcast episode. Thank you so much for doing Hey, tonight, Thanks right? for having me on. Um, Yay, Boys me of Summer. to finally see you. Oh, yeah. I should give you some sketch about stuff. Um, all right, everybody. Yay, Boys of Summer. Uh, as of the tradition that I have now created, uh, just with only two episodes behind me, um, I do feel like I'm obliged to sing a little bit of the Don Henley song, Boys of Summer. I feel like you should. So uh, we're going to start from the beginning. And uh, actually, I'll just sing the music part and you can sing. The, do you know how that mo- that song starts?
1: I Yeah. I just don't know what the lyrics are exactly.
0: I think it's nobody on the road, nobody, nobody on, on, the this, on the beach. Nobody on the beach. uh, Something's in the air, something's out of reach. (laughs) Or you could just do the chorus.
1: That's okay, we can do the. the Nobody's on the road, nobody's
0: on the street. Something's in the
1: air, something out of reach. The sun goes down alone.
0: I'm driving by, I'm driving by your house, but I know that you're, that you're not so mad. I could see you, and a so in the sun. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.